0: Welcome back to another episode of Inside Illinois Football on a bright, beautiful, sunny Thursday morning, actually probably Thursday afternoon, early afternoon as we record this just afternoon on uh, Thursday, September 8th. I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette. Across the podcast table from me is Scott Ritchie, beat writer extraordinaire, covers Illinois football, Illinois men's basketball. Wrote some Illinois women's basketball earlier this week. going to write some Illinois volleyball later today. The light bulb probably just went off in his head that he has to do that.
1: No, I, rem- I was going to see if you remembered.
0: That. Wrote some uh, high school highlights on Tuesday night. Hopefully all the high school sports fans check that out in Wednesday's paper. So, uh, Scott, I don't think you're busy enough. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just going to walk out. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: before we stepped in to record this podcast, finally... I know this is a football podcast, and we'll get to Brett Beal and his program in a little bit. But finally, the Big Ten men's basketball schedule is out less than three months before they start playing Big Ten games. But mark it down, Thursday, September 8th is the benchmark for when the Big Ten wants to release its basketball schedule. You know, that starts in less than two months. The season does.
1: Yeah, this used to be like a July thing.
0: <clears throat> yeah, practices get going later this month. In yeah, a like weeks. in
1: 17 days
0: uh 20 games are out there on the big 10 we knew the 11 nine conference games for about a month but uh i guess fill in our listeners really quickly because people tune in to listen to football talk not men's basketball talk we got a separate podcast for that inside Atlanta basketball where we sometimes talk about football that's okay uh fill our listeners in on what to expect out of brad underwood's team this winter when it comes to big 10 play
1: well, let's uh, hit the highlights. The two early December games are December second,
0: the Friday night. Friday night. We think. We think. We don't know times on these yet, because that would. Why? Why would we want to know times?
1: Well, let's assume if they're playing on a Friday, it's a night game. Let's hope so. I'm cool if they want to play it at noon, <laughs> but I doubt they'll they'll listen to that. But Friday, December second, at Maryland, which gonna be some East Coast travel there for a few days. For uh, I mean, I could see the team maybe staying. Out there, I don't know they play on
0: Friday night and then four days
1: later they'll play Texas and New York City and mm-hmm. the Jimmy V class. We know
0: the time for that, it's
1: 6 p.m. Got the first game. Shout go. out to the Jimmy V people, <laughs> love it. Um, and then the second early December game is on the 10th here in Champaign, here in Champaign, uh, against Penn State,
0: and that's a Saturday. There, uh, it, there's a lot of Saturday. It's game. the
1: first of six Saturday Big Ten games on the schedule. Now, four of those are, fortunately for the Central Illinois, located Illinois fans, not at Safe Farm Center. Um, well, there's two uh, at Saturday games at home, and then there's also two Sunday games late in the season, uh, also not here.
0: Okay. What's um, the best home Big Ten game with a quick perusal of the schedule? Huh. I put you on the spot now as you try to remember all I, 20 I, games. Off the I, just, top I literally
1: head. just typed them all up, but i it's really tough. I, uh, Indiana at home. Okay. Don't know, remember the date. Uh, and then Michigan at home. And okay. the, the kind of the weird thing about the schedule, Illinois plays Michigan and Purdue once mm-hmm. this season. The last two games of the regular season, uh, both in March, um, that's one of the Sunday games. The last game is on a Sunday in West Lafayette. But Michigan at home, I mean, that's... Hunter Dickinson still going to play. Uh, even if he doesn't, and even though Kofi Coburn's no longer here, um, would not be surprised to see the the cutout that had you know, life size Kofi Coburn, uh, holding a, a tiny Hunter Dickinson like in his arms, which is right. pretty we,
0: impressive. You can you can find all the you can find the entire uh, Illinois schedule at HQ dot com. Scott's going to have a complete game-by-game breakdown in Friday's paper, much to his chagrin, but he will do it. Not that
1: it's a complete game-by-game breakdown, but the fact that you're asking me to pick a winner uh-huh. on September 8th yeah, got for written. 31 games.
0: Yeah. 21 and 10. There, there's the record. Find 21 wins and 10 losses. There you go. Solid number six seed in the NCAA tournament. I just did half of it for you. <laughs> you just got to type the words
1: now. Yeah, I mean, I got to do the tough part. Um, so yeah, that'll... That'll be happening, I guess, <laughs> uh, as I found out you know, like 25 minutes ago.
0: Uh, all right, enough basketball talk. This is a football podcast, after all. Uh, Illinois, 1-1 and on the season, 0-1 in the Big Ten after last Friday night's late loss. Did the game technically end on Saturday morning in, in, in Bloomington? In Bloomington, yes. Okay, like 12.05 a.m., I yeah, believe. Yeah, because
1: it lasted four hours. Let's just start here. Okay. College football has a <laughs> pace of play problem. And a lot of that is when nothing's happening on the field because it's TV timeouts. So uh, I don't, but I don't understand how the NFL, and I learned this from an NFL official, Ken Baker, Mm -hmm. Charleston native, they have a target time set of like three minute or three hours Mm -hmm. and seven minutes. Mm -hmm. And they usually hit that. And college football games have to last four hours on a Friday night slash Saturday morning. I don't get it. Pick it up.
0: Replay reviews. Take a long time touchdown catches that then become non-touchdown catches to Well, to that factor.
1: Started as not a touchdown officially okay, because they rolled it in incompletion. Uh and Brian Hightower did score mm-hmm. on that play. No he didn't. Well, officially no. Okay. Um if you have eyes, mm-hmm.
0: yes. Well, not if you're an official.
1: I I don't I guess I still
0: The officials unofficially counted that as a I still
1: don't know what a catch then is. I mean, like I feel like it was a jump ball situation at first but that's a touchdown, and then he ripped it out of the defensive back's hands, the ball popped up, caught it again with a foot in, that's a touchdown. Or so I was told many, many years ago.
0: Not on September 2nd, 2022, mm-hmm. it wasn't. not. In and clearly in that
1: means the officials have it out for Illinois. Obviously. Everybody hates Illinois. Mm-hmm. They're all conspiring against Illinois.
0: Never mind the fact that Illinois had, what, first and goal in the third quarter and, and did not get any points out of that situation.
1: Yeah, you know, but but no, that's that's the officials' fault too, I'm sure. Um <laughs> Yeah, Illinois gave the game away. Mm-hmm. I mean they had several turnovers that were, you know, untimely. I mean I don't think there's such a thing as a timely turnover, but yeah. Even though Indiana, Indiana didn't really take full advantage of all those turnovers, uh they erased scoring opportunities for Illinois. And I guess Brett Bielema said it best: like before, you can win, you got to figure out how not to lose. And this Illinois team has not figured out how not to lose yet. I thought that was last year's
0: theme. Why? Why is that? Why is that coming again in year two of the Bielema era?
1: I don't. I don't know. <laughs> if I knew, I'd be the coach. They'd pay me millions of dollars. What? Uh, uh, okay, seventeen
0: sixteen. It's first and goal. They need to have some better play calling in that area where the field shrinks up, or at least kick a field goal.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't mind going for the touchdown mm-hmm. because, you know, six points, twice as many as three. Simple math. Um, would not have called the four the series of four plays that they did. I mean, mm-hmm. first down was a Tommy DeVito sneak. Got him, you know, close-ish. Mm-hmm. And then just three straight, let's just run Chase Brown up the middle. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> like... Indiana was that they were waiting for it, obviously, Mm -hmm. especially after like on the third one, fourth down. Like, and why not get Chase Brown to the edge where he's better, better. Mm -hmm. So curious play calling there. Um, The not forward pass; that was a lateral, I guess. It was close. Um, Weird play call there. Mm -hmm. Just. and Barry Lonnie essentially admitted as much. He just—it's a play call he likes, but maybe would not do it in that situation against mm-hmm. that defense. And then I think that's also you know, something Tommy DeVito. It's that's a quick hitting play. Like that's mm-hmm. Tommy DeVito's first read, and he's going to make it mm-hmm. and throw that ball. But there needs to be some situational awareness on his part too. Is like, uh, it seems like there's a lot of dudes over there maybe have sniffed this out, um, and he just you know make a better decision. But it, it, that's where the haven't maybe figure out how not to lose. And then, what? Why that. is it,
0: Scott, that every time a team is leading late in a game, and say a team has to drive seventy-five yards, and say a minute fifty-three to take twelve plays to score a game-winning touchdown? Why does that always happen?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that will just say this because this is Illinois, <laughs> and I was see at that point I was sitting on the field mm-hmm. at the other Memorial Stadium uh, rewriting uh, most of what I had written to that point because mm-hmm. after the Caleb Griffin field goal I was like alright
0: ball game over I'm
1: just gotta make a single stop mm-hmm. and then Connor Bazelak is like no thank you I'm gonna complete almost all of my passes we're gonna make this look real easy and I spent that minute and 53 seconds uh, erasing most everything I'd written and you know taking a different approach and it was just, it was weird I mean the Illinois defense had played pretty
0: well mm-hmm. to that yeah.
1: point and then they just they were wide open wide receivers and uh, the fan and I saw a lot on Twitter it was like hey I gotta stay out of the prevent prevent means you're just gonna lose So like they weren't in prevent like mm-hmm. the whole time yeah. um, they just gave up too many easy plays and also let Indiana make catches on the near the sideline and then get out of bounds and stop the clock, because they lost their final timeout when uh, I think they tried to pull the, I'm hurt, let's stop the clock so I can be tended to, and then I'm just going to walk off fine. And it's like, oh, never mind, that was cool. So the officials actually did that, right? I mean, they charged Indiana a timeout for that. And it didn't matter because they just caught the ball five feet from the sidelines like okay well I'll step out
0: all right when it's all said and done Scotty how much are you going to look back three months from now on how devastating this loss was for the Illini in, in Bloomington Indiana is it the difference between making a bowl game and not making a bowl game
1: I don't know if it's the difference and that that's <clears throat> probably this week's game mm-hmm. um, but it if Illinois does not you look at a game that they snatched Defeat from the jaws of victory, <laughs> as they say. Um, and you understand's like, okay, that's, it was like last year. It was like, probably should have won the Purdue game. Probably mm-hmm. should have won the Maryland game.
0: Mm-hmm. Probably should have lost at Penn State. Probably should have lost at Minnesota.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> eh, no, the Minnesota game was pretty le- legit win, I think. I don't remember. Minnesota wasn't very good that day. Okay. Um, but, you know, hindsight being what it is, like, if they end up 5 and 7 again, there's your sixth win because mm-hmm. you had it and then you just put it up on a platter for Tom Allen was like we're saving your job sir
0: is Indiana that good are they gonna they got Idaho this week chance to go 2-0 and to match their win total from last season well
1: they'll certainly go 2-0 and because like, Idaho's not even an FBS program anymore. no
0: they're FCS no. Yeah. Paul Petrino's not the coach anymore he got fired after last
1: season <laughs> took long enough <laughs> I, that was just a Bad such a bad team, bad situation. I don't. Um, they were not winning games. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I is Indiana going to be more like they were in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one? Do you think? I don't think Connor Baze looks all that great.
1: I, he, I mean, he was solid in the SEC for two years. Like
0: inconsistent, not I- inaccurate. Yeah, twenty eight of fifty two against Illinois.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean they'd certainly let him throw it. Uh, he's got a couple interesting. Mm-hmm. Weapons. I don't know the, the, Their run games Obviously
0: yeah, They gave them 32 yards Yeah Although that One yard they gave up At the end was big With the touchdown run Kind
1: of important Um, I think I mean you know, the end's not going to be like Top 25 mm-hmm. Good But I don't think They're going to be 2 and 10 Awful either okay. be somewhere in the 48. Middle Where Which is More The majority of the Big Ten Exists Outside exactly. of Ohio State which, uh,
0: uh, Julian Pearl didn't play last Friday night the Danville Natives starting left tackle for Illinois had a foot injury that happened late <clears throat> last week in practice
1: yeah uh, he's back he practiced today okay um, I saw I put eyes on him through the garage doors the giant bus garage doors at Memorial Stadium that they close so you can't really see into the stadium while there's practice but you know find a way and it also helped that he was like right there uh, but then Brett Bielma we talked to him Know, a little earlier, earlier today as well after practice, and said that Julian's been back in practice and okay. should be good to go on Saturday. So that means
0: the preferred starting offensive line of Julian Pearl at left tackle, Isaiah Adams at left guard, Alex Pilstrom at center, Zy Chrysler at right guard, and Alex Palcheski at right tackle should be in play for Virginia this Saturday.
1: Correct. Okay. Although, you know, Bilma did mention that, you know, Jordan Slaughter over the last couple of weeks has. He did what was asked and mm-hmm. stepped into that that role. But the starting offensive line from the opener—that's what they want mm-hmm. for the whole season if they can pull it off.
0: Because they shifted Isaiah Adams out to the left tackle to fill in for Pearl, and then put Jordan Slaughter at left guard. Left, left guard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the whole left side was kind of rebuilt.
1: Yeah, um, and that's late what, late in the week too. Yeah, like Thursday mm-hmm. or Wednesday. I don't know. Either one. But and also like Julian Pearl, like was he dressed? He went out there mm-hmm. to, at the beginning of warmups. Didn't last very long, and you know, they pulled him off. But should be should be fine on Saturday, and should be the line should be. I don't think they missed like a ton. Mm-hmm. I think Adams and and Slaughter filled in admirably in new spots, but uh, Julian Pearl is a better left tackle. Mm-hmm. So that the line should, in theory, be better.
0: All right, this Saturday here in Champaign, 3 p.m. kick at Memorial Stadium, Illinois, sitting in 1-1. One one. On the year Virginia, 1-0. Uh, started the Tony Elliott era, era last Saturday, I believe, with the
1: 34-17 winning against Richmond. Yeah, I watched some of the first half.
0: Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Just to get your scattering report on. Yeah, it was
1: like, well, I didn't have anywhere to be on Saturday, and I saw the game was on. And I was like, "Oh, I'll do this for a little bit." It, Virginia looked. I mean, they were fine. Abyme's mm-hmm. I mean, first game. I'm not sure they're under were kinda, new coach. They're playing an FCS opponent, so I'm not sure they were going to like sling all their arrows mm-hmm. per se. Um Armstrong is going to be a problem again, I think, for Illinois. He's he's not like a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. He's against
0: no. Illinois. Threw for what seven thousand yards last year in Charlottesville? Uh, all like in the first quarter,
1: four hundred and ten or something. I don't know, right. five touchdowns. Um, so yeah, I mean Illinois can make people think you've got a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Graham Mertz. Hey, he was
0: fourteen and sixteen against Illinois State. He must have a thing against <laughs> playing against football <laughs> the college football teams from Illinois.
1: Yeah, um, but it's like if you look at like Wyoming's quarterback Andrew Peasley. Ran the ball effectively mm-hmm. occasionally. Could not throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave only a bit of trouble with his feet. Brandon Armstrong can run, mm-hmm. and then also he can complete passes, which uh, could, again, be a problem. He's got, like, just some huge wide receiver targets as well. Uh, Keaton Thompson, 6'4", 215, and then Lavelle Davis is six seven, two hundred ten 210 pounds, 215 pounds maybe, and, like,
0: so what you're saying is Brett Bieleman needs to recruit Terrence Shannon to join the football team this week. Former high school standout in football, Terrence Shannon. Yeah. I mean I think Brad Underwood might have a problem
1: with that. Would have a a large problem with that. Uh, this seems like a really terrible time to be like, Hey Tyson Rooks, time to make your your real debut here, but he is freshman corner is six four. There you go. It seems tailor made to cover this giant wide receiver. And I just you know, remember back to last year. Different player, so it would be a different position, but uh Jelani Woods, who's now in the NFL, mm-hmm. six seven, like two hundred and sixty-five pound tight end, just it was just Jelani Woods up the seam, over and over again, and was very successful. We'll see if Ryan Walters remembers that when it's well Davis up the seam over and over again. I maybe. I would I would do it.
0: Johnny Newton had a good game at uh Indiana. Illinois defensive lineman had a bunch of quarterback
1: Pressures, hurries. Yeah, um First Sack. Just finishing those plays is something that, you know, Johnny himself said, need to it's one thing to get in the backfield, put pressure on the quarterback, and it's another to uh introduce him to the turf in a uh, very physical manner. Um needs to need to finish more plays like that, but just need more pressure on the quarterback in general. Um, especially from the outside linebackers. There's hasn't there's been well None. Essentially, you know, Gabe Acus, you know, the freshman, might you know have been, might be providing the most from that spot, and that's good, I guess. I mean, it shows you got a young guy that's got some promise and some future. But uh, you know, Elmo is counting on Seth Coleman, C. Hill Holmes, to step into bigger roles and be you know, create some havoc on the edge, and it just it hasn't happened yet, and. Really, the defense needs to set an edge against uh, Brendan Armstrong because he will just kind of flit around back in the pocket, out of the pocket, make plays from everywhere. Like that's gonna that's gonna be the challenge.
0: All right, fourth meeting between Illinois and Virginia all time this Saturday in Champaign. Scotty, where were the first three games between the Illini and the Cavaliers? Where were they played?
1: Well, not here. Uh, so let's go. The one I was at was in Charlottesville. It was a year ago. Okay, almost at this time.
0: At what Scott Stadium? Uh, my stadium. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Okay. Was it a nice stadium?
1: Uh, yeah. Outdoor, like open air. Open air press press box. box. Okay. Uh, actually, just outdoors. i don't
0: better know. than the Memorial Stadium you were at last Friday night. That's a dump. <laughs> <laughs> How do you really feel?
1: It's just a lot of concrete. Yeah, that's true.
0: All right, back to Illinois, Virginia, and not um, stadium critiques.
1: Where? Okay, so <coughs> Citrus Bowl in 90. 1990, Orlando. Played in Orlando. And then Micron PC Bowl.
0: MicronPC.com um, Bowl. Yeah,
1: .com, excuse me. Sorry to the <laughs> MicronPC.com people who still exist, obviously. Um, I have no idea where that game was.
0: Miami. Oh. Pro Player Stadium.
1: That's not a thing anymore.
0: Well, it's now Hard Rock Stadium and it's been renovated. Yeah. Formerly Joe Robbie Stadium bunch of other names over the years.
1: And that tends to happen.
0: Yeah. Illinois 2-1 to one series lead. Won the 1990 Citrus Bowl 31-21. Jeff George's final game. Okay. Crushed the Cavaliers in 1990. Bob Osmond still talks about that game. 63-21. Kirk Kittner tried to throw the ball out at the stadium.
1: I am I mean, I don't remember that, but I remember the story.
0: It was uh, a rout.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, none of the players on the current team were born when that happened. Palcheksi might have been. Yeah, with well, the forty-year-old Tommy DeVito. Yeah, I got some. Uh, yeah, Ryan Johnson's old. Yeah, I got some old guys. Okay, the majority then of the team not born.
0: So is Illinois going to add a win against the Cavaliers on Saturday, Scott, to go to three and one against Virginia all the time? Or are they going to drop their second straight and drop to five hundred against Virginia and? Who knows when these two teams might meet again? Because these—I mean,
1: probably never.
0: These games wrong. were scheduled. I want to say eight,
1: nine years ago. <laughs> college football scheduling is the dumbest thing.
0: Just like college basketball scheduling, is pretty dumb. These
1: yeah, days, but at too. least they like there's not games like Elmo will play Missouri, I think, in 20, like twenty
0: thirty-five. Yeah,
1: like that's the last game on the yeah. It's thirteen years from now. Like, what are we doing? <laughs>
0: That's a great question.
1: Um, but no, my, I, my
0: question to you is, is Illinois going to win on Saturday?
1: Yeah, it was filibustering there for a second. Okay. Uh, I mean, they are, as I continue to filibuster. Last I checked, like a four and a half point favorite. Which, All right.
0: Vegas knows something.
1: Eh, I, Vegas isn't you know, creating a line to pick a winner. They're creating a line to get people to bet money. Fair enough. With the hopes that they'll lose it. Um, I mean... I'm not going to go back on my original pick from three podcasts ago, two podcasts ago. Um, I think Virginia will win. It'll be closer than the game in Charlottesville was. it be tough not to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we got like 28-21 Wahoos.
0: I got 28-17 Cavaliers. I wrote that in today's paper, so I can't go back on that now. Although I think I in the podcast we recorded last month. You about, definitely pick Virginia. My pinstripe bowl. The path to the pinstripe bowl included a win against Virginia, but uh I don't know. I, I need I need Illinois to prove it on the field. They had the opportunity last Friday night in Indiana and until they kind of again, Virginia's not a powerhouse by any means, so this wouldn't be a huge signature program defining win. It'd be a good win.
1: Good win. For sure.
0: And this is weird too. They've only since twenty eleven they've this is only the third home non conference game against a power five opponent in Champaign. Twenty sixteen. That's wild. When Mitchell Trubisky became the future face of the Chicago Bears, who's now the captain and starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: There you go. How you feel about that, Scotty? It's just confused. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean maybe Mike Tomlin will get something out of him that Bears terrible coaches never could, but from
0: former lineup blocking for him, Kendrick Green, not snapping the ball. I think he got moved to guard. He did get moved to guard, still in the starting lineup, I believe. For now, for now,
1: I know. Apparently, like Steelers fans don't like have him, have turned yes, on Kendrick, Green. <laughs> exactly. like hard.
0: I would not because Kendrick Green is a large man. Uh, 2016, North Carolina, Tar Heels left with a pretty convincing victory in 2016, and then 2011, Arizona State, Illinois won that game 17 14. Those are the only two in the last 11 seasons until Saturday that is a Power 5 opponent coming to Memorial Stadium.
1: That's wild. Yeah. I mean, they gave up home games. Gave up some home games. (laughs) To play at Soldier Field. Washington
0: at Soldier Field. um, South Florida at Soldier Field, although they're not Uh, technically a Power 5. Yeah. But that just kind of shows you the scheduling thinking of Illinois, where, you know, uh, this Saturday, what, Alabama, Texas, that's a big game. Two future SEC opponents, not right now, though. But.
1: <laughs> it still sounds <laughs> very strange.
0: Hey, get get excited for USC Rutgers in a couple years, everyone.
1: I, for one, am very excited about
0: that. All right. All right, so you got 28-21 Virginia. I'm going 28-17 Virginia. We'll see, uh, we'll see what transpires on Saturday. Anything else we need to mention on this podcast before you go give me your breakdown of the Illinois men's basketball schedule, Scotty?
1: Well, we somehow made it through without mentioning Chase Brown.
0: Oh yeah, he's really good. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. 199 rushing yards on 36 carries. Big Ten's leading rusher, granted he's played two games while most everyone's only had one but yeah. still.
1: But he's still outpacing mm-hmm. Nebraska's starter by a fair margin. The only other guy with Anthony two stars.
0: Grant. Yeah. Not the Dayton basketball coach, the It'd Nebraska right. Super
1: impressive if Anthony yeah. Grant the basketball coach was also moonlighting as a running back. Maybe now. that's
0: why Scott Frost can't win games. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's got other issues. <laughs> yeah, I'd
1: um, yeah, just be curious to see how much Chase Brown we see. No Josh McRae
0: expected? No. Okay. Um, Reggie Love, Chase Hayden really didn't stand out at all last Friday night.
1: No, that's troublesome. Um, but Brett Bielma, Barry Lonnie both said can't sustain that type of workload.
0: Do you think, and this just popped in my head, do you think then based on what... Bielema and Lonnie have said publicly about Chase Brown, and that's true because I figured it out yesterday. If he, was, if he continues at the current pace he's at as far as carries, over a 12-game regular season, he'd be at 330, which would set a single-season program record. The previous record, I believe, was 294 set by Robert Holcomb. and Who them, ran the ball a lot. Exactly. had a game where he had 52 carries Yeah, back in the day. Uh, do you think that changes kind of the dynamic of play calling because it seems so far at least through the first two games that Illinois really hasn't kind of taken many deep shots down the field with DeVito. It's kind of been more quick hitting, kinda of intermediate routes. Do you think that kind of plays a factor just to maybe get some some quick scoring drives, the potential for that at all, so you don't have to kinda of grind down some of these, these longer drives that Illinois had?
1: I mean I think they would take the shots if they were there. I mean that's a lot of onus on the receivers mm-hmm. to be open. Mm-hmm. Um They stretched the field a little bit more against Indiana than did Wyoming, um, which was not tough because, I mean, Tommy DeVito made through one pass like Mm -hmm. further than 10 yards against Wyoming. But still, I mean, it wasn't like going bombs away. Um, I don't know if that's – I don't think that's Barry Lunny's style. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure – I mean, I'm not sure if that's Tommy DeVito's strength Um So we'll see, but, I mean, if Chase Brown goes out there on Saturday and, like, carries the ball, like, 30 times again, it's like, well, didn't we just talk about this? No, because that might be the only way that Illinois can -hmm. move the ball offensively, so they have to figure that out.
0: Yeah, that'll be a very interesting storyline to see play out. Glad you added that little nugget of information there, Scotty. All right, well, you can uh, read all of our Illinois coverage In the pages of the News Gazette, headlinehq.com. For Scott, for Ed Bond, our producer making us sound good, I'm Matt Daniels. We'll be back next week for another episode of Inside the Line of Football.